Welcome everyone back to the Brocast. I am David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined by Tracy Pearson, as always. Tracy, how the hell are you, man? I'm so good. Are I'm you? I'm so good. Yeah, I'm That's good. Great. I mean, when it's good, you should admit it's good, right? Yeah, and when it's bad, I'm you good. say it's bad, and I get in trouble for that, right? Because yeah, I think you know, everyone's bad eighty-five percent of the time. But when yeah. it's good, you say it's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. How about how about you, Dave? Great. Couldn't be better. Okay. Everything going <laughs> swimmingly. Uh, See now that's that's excessive. That's life, excessive. Life progressing as it should, right? Okay. That that makes sense. You know that does make sense. Yeah. Just I'm 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 going placidly amid the noise and haste. Who said that originally? Uh, that's the uh, Desiderata. Um, uh, so I don't know whoever wrote that. Uh, I get you. Um, are you one for T. S. Eliot? No. Yeah, who doesn't love some T. S. Eliot? But that's a little <sighs> on the grim side for me. <laughs> it so is. It so is so grim. But what can you do? I mean, sometimes it just cap- captures life. Right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you need some wasteland in your life, you know? Yeah, you need some J. Alfred Prufrock. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's stop showing should we how, talk? Should we talk about what football? We, what we did with our UCLA. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here to talk about football, about man ball, about... Wait, uh, does everyone know that I was an English major and you were a history major? <laughs> I think it was probably, probably discussed at some point. Oh, my God. But, you know, we're a testament that you... You know, it made us smart people. It made it trained our minds on how to analyze. And false, absolutely okay. false, absolutely false. The only Thanks, thing I really learned I've been in college myself is, that uh, for, yeah, what? The only thing I really learned in college uh, had much more to do with like um, figuring how out like how much a human actually can drink and still uh, you know operate at some level. What character in any movie? would you say that you were in college from animal, any oh, classic boy. like movie? Because I, I am, um, well, who do you want to even guess who I am? Why wouldn't I guess who you are? I just don't think that you will. Okay. Who are you? And no one's going to get this, but I was, I was like Van Wilder. That's yeah. You that were Van was, Wilder. I was Van Wilder. For one thing, I never wanted to leave. They had to send me I think I've said this before. They had to send me a letter. You said they sent me a letter that said, you are fast approaching too many credits. <laughs> yeah, I had to actually petition UCLA to um, allow me to stay a fifth year um, by <clears throat> lying to them about a minor that I was going to take in poli sci, which I didn't end up taking any classes towards. Who would want to, I mean, who would want to leave? Yeah, I mean, college was great. That was the one good read I had on the whole thing is that it was all going to be downhill from there. Nothing better than the uh, living at the country club that is UCLA. And God, that's so funny that you said that. That is so funny. So my first few years at UCLA, my parent, my dad's paying for it. And um, he just said, you're going to be an English major. I'm paying. You can't do anything with an English major. I'm paying for you to live up there at that country club. That was his. That was his saying yeah. to me. He called it a country club. I mean, and it's not even. It's not even like what it is now. Now it looks like a country club. No, now it's yeah. Now it's uh, a resort. Yeah. No. Anybody coming out of UCLA right now, they're soft. They're soft. Soft. They didn't yeah. have to deal with real Reber Hall. And real. I mean, the food. 
Have you eaten the food there? The oh, food's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's it's out of control. The whole it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're four minutes into our podcast about LSU week, and we're talking about uh, poetry, uh, the food at UCLA, and what movie characters we are. So we're off to a banging beginning here. Let's just start right where I want to start. Yeah. Dave, 38 to 28. Uh-huh. Dave's prediction for the game. I'm tamping that down, too. I'm tamping that down. Because, frankly, LSU was bad last year. And I'm not just going to sit here and say, oh, they're really talented, so they should be better this year. They were bad. Like, they were a worse team than UCLA last year. Uh, I think it's so funny, too, because the biggest, the huge question mark here, and it's not just because they haven't played a game, you'd think that UCLA would be more of the unknown quantity. But LSU is absolutely the unknown quantity in this equation here. Uh, you have no idea. You know they're going to be talented, but will they be good? New coordinators, second string quarterback. You have uh, defense was, I mean, okay, the defense played against some tough competition, but defense was not good. No, the defense uh, was, uh, for me, the worst part. I mean, the defense, yeah. so the offense, you could talk me into it. They had, they had like a rotation at quarterback that just wasn't super effective last year. You could talk me into the offense being okay. Uh, the defense last year was just bad. Um, and yeah, you can pin a ton of that as much as you want on Bo Pelini. But I think LSU the last three years is a great example of it's not just about your talent. They had a ton of talent last year. The problem for them last year was coaching. And I don't know. It, not that I, I'm completely naysaying the possibility, but I don't know. Two first-time coordinators, Jake Peets on the offensive side, Durante Jones on the other side, that they are just going to figure it out and make it work. Um, I have my doubts. I mean, when you're hiring a person to be your coordinator for the first time, it's a crapshoot. And unless they they nailed both of them, unless they nailed both hires, then there's absolutely room, and I think more than enough room, for UCLA to win this game. If either one of those units is still in the like top 60 range and not suddenly back in the top 20 that its talent says it should be. And if that's possible, then yeah, UCLA right now, I would say that offense, if Dorian Thompson Robinson, okay, if he looks like he did against Hawaii all year, then yeah, the offense probably has a hard cap to it. But that was one of the worst games he's played, um, I would say, uh, like from an accuracy standpoint, probably since his freshman year. So if, if he's just a little bit better than that and the running game looks like that, that offense is going to be pretty damn good and uh, the defense certainly looks better than it did last year. So yeah, give me the Bruins. I think it's a testament. If, if LSU wins, and I, I think, I, I, don't, I have no prediction here. Uh, I could see it going either way because if LSU wins, it's a testament. Uh, screw your courage to the sticking place, Tracy. It's the, it's the testament to talent really winning over experience in coaching, I think. If UCLA wins, and I think it's very valid, because if you look at it from a lot of different angles, especially from experience and talent, I'm sorry, from experience and coaching, you would say UCLA has a clear edge. So I could see it going either way, but if LSU wins, we have to always file that in our mind saying, hey, Go with the talent always, <laughs> yeah. Because that, yeah. that's going to be that's going to be this case if that happens. I think. Yeah, but I, I also think um, the talent 
Okay, so UCLA, even with everything that has gone on, the you know the so-called Chip Kelly purge four years ago, and the recruiting issues, and yeah, 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 uh, they're still like top twenty-five <laughs> in talent. Uh, LSU's top ten, um, especially with the transfer talent that came. Yeah, in. we yeah. got the transfer talent, and it's definitely top twenty-five, and maybe a little bit higher. Um, it's like yeah, they're they're LSU's more talented, but it's not like. I don't know uh, what's going to happen at 4:30, where Utah takes on Weber State. Like it's whatever. I mean, I I think it's good for a few points if all coaching things were equal, but it's it's not like it's um, you know uh, Alabama taking on Oregon State. Um, it it really isn't. So yeah, I think there's a talent advantage. I think more if LSU wins this game, it's going to be a testament to both of those hires that they made at coordinator spots just being home runs uh, or being nearly that. Um, and it's just hard for me to imagine that. Maybe that's just my own personal history of having watched UCLA hire coordinators over the years. Um, but also, and this is an important note, both of those LSU coordinators, they've got a little bit of Rick Neuheisel stink on them. What? Jake Peets was a like GA, I think, for Neuheisel in like 2007, 2008. And uh, Durante Jones was a, uh, a GA, I think, in 2010. Uh-huh. So both of them have Neuheisel stink on them. It, it's funny when you talk about – I mean, now we're getting off. But it's funny when you talk about Rick Neuheisel. People – I mean, he's a very likable, laughable guy, right? I mean, so the further he gets away from his coaching career, uh, somehow people – because he's a sympathetic person, are it's, it's people tend to forget that he just wasn't a very good coach. It's it's very it's a very curious concept. I mean, there aren't when when someone starts talking about Rick Neuheisel and you know a great guy and all this and starts talking about his coaching and they said, yeah, I mean, I've been talking with friends and I said, yeah, but I mean, he he plainly was not a good coach at UCLA. And they'll go, what? <laughs> Yeah, he he was not very good. And I guess because it's hard to make that distinction, but it's the new Heisel phenomenon syndrome effect is a very interesting one. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. It'll be very interesting in 10 years when Jerry Neuheisel is working his way up the college ranks and he's a candidate for potential head coaching jobs. If Jerry, well, I think has all the tools to be a good head coach uh, at such a young age, whether he takes after his dad or he takes after maybe Chip Kelly, because even though you could say there's a lot of flaws in how Chip Kelly ran a program, Chip Kelly runs, runs a very disciplined program that's accountable and all those things necessarily that Rick Neuheisel, his program wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, so anyway, they both have Neuheisel stink on them. Um, <laughs> Jake Peets also like his claim to fame here. I mean, as and you know, I've tried to do my due diligence here. His claim to fame appears to be spending most of his time in the NFL and one year, literally one year, under Joe Brady, the former LSU offensive coordinator, who um, you know did such a bang up job two years ago. Uh, but other than that, he's just been like a, a you know offensive guy in the NFL, which okay, fine, sure, 
But uh, who knows whether that's going to work out. I've seen a lot of offensive coordinators or, you know, people with NFL pedigrees get hired at the college level and do a lot of dumb stuff. For every Joe Brady, there's like a million, um, you know, Bill Callanans or whatever bringing the I would even go further. Screwing up. I w- right. I would even go further and say it's it's like predominantly vastly leaning towards NFL guys who didn't do well in the college ranks. Yeah, right? and you might and you might argue that LSU they have enough talent that they can make <laughs> it work at a level that's like Alabama where you can play basically a pro style offense, but also maybe not. We'll see. I mean, if you look at that offense from last year, um th- they had some majorly underperforming pieces. Like that offensive line there is absolutely no reason they were so bad last year. I have no idea what happened because they have a ton of talent. They've got three offensive linemen who are really, really good and probably <coughs> drafting drafted this year. Right. Um, and uh, they averaged three and a half yards a carry last year. Um, just inexplicably. Uh, they're better in pass protection, but I, I'm just not sure they've got like... Uh, the coaching or everything they need because it's just very odd that they look that bad. I'm not sold on the quarterback situation. Um, you know, Max Johnson, he's not really a true backup. He did start six games last year, actually more than miles Brennan, um, who was hurt for a little bit. Um, but even still, um, he wasn't that impressive. I mean, he only threw one interception, but he completed under 60% of his passes, not a super robust, uh, yards per attempt. Um, not super sold on him. The running backs uh, were dinged up, and also they haven't really produced yet. I mean, even two years ago when they were backups in this offense, they weren't producing a ton. Um, it's not like these were, and one's a five star, one's a former four star, but they're, they've never been, you know, uh, what you expect when you've got a five star running back, you know, six plus yards per carry and just doing explosive sh- stuff all the time. Um, they're both five and under yards per carry. Um, so not sold on the run game, not super sold on the quarterback. The one elite quality for this offense is at receiver. Um, Butte, uh, is, is really, really explosive and good. Um, and if UCLA allows him time to work and allows, uh, Max Johnson time to find him, uh, they're going to have a lot of trouble covering him. Um, because it's not just him. I would say the entire receiving core it's like that classic LSU thing where they've just got, oh yeah, you've got uh, four dudes between six foot and six five who can all run. Uh, that's going to be tough to cover. Um, a lot of them haven't produced yet um, at LSU, but I mean, it's still going to be. I think that's probably the matchup that UCLA has to hide the most is UCLA's secondary versus that receiving core, um, and they're going to have to hide it with the thing they do best, which is blitzing and pressure. Um, So it's going to be a question of will their blitzing and pressure get the best of an offensive line that has slightly underperformed? Like, will the thing that is UCLA's, you know, thing it hangs its hat on defensively going to be enough? Um, And I'm just going to bet it is because that's what they have um, built this entire scheme around for two years now. There are a couple of things. You know, obviously this is all about something happens and an attempted adjustment or a reaction. Late last year, UCLA's defense was aggressive in its uh, blitzing and its pressure throughout the year. Then late last year, it went up against 
you know, some some good offenses, SC's receivers were on a whole different level. Um, if you kind of plug that scenario into what you just said, it seemed like towards the end of the year, UCLA couldn't get pressure with the blitz packages it was using earlier in the year. I, I can't even explain why. I, I'm just saying that was the net effect. So then what happened was UCLA adjusted to trying to contain like USC's passing attack by dropping, if you're going to blitz and you're not getting to the quarterback, then let's just adjust and drop a, drop another guy into coverage. And that didn't work either. So you're, I completely agree. This is 100% on, on that side of the ball, dependent on whether UCLA can get pressure on that quarterback. Um, I think the main the main thing here is gonna, if you really analyze a couple of steps away, of course it's going to be all about first UCLA being able to run the ball. If you were LSU, what would you do having watched that game last week against Hawaii? Well, we're going to try to take your run game away and make Dorian Thompson-Robinson beat you. So Dorian Thompson-Robinson has to be some kind of threat in this game so the entire LSU defense is not keying on UCLA's running game. If he's not any kind of threat, he can't, he can't effectively move the team down the field with his arm or with his legs, and he's easily contained by LSU's defense, then I think UCLA has a lot of problems because LSU's defense, even if they've got scheme problems or whatever, they're going to have athletes, and you just stack the box and try to take away that run. And a lot of it is going to... And I, you know, a lot of people are kind of wincing because he's been inconsistent. But I, that other side of the ball is going to come down, in my opinion, to Dorian Thompson Robbins. Yeah, and the, the, that was the thing from the Hawaii game. Is it, especially watching it again, like his inaccuracy was, it was wild to me. I don't think I've seen him that inaccurate since his freshman year. And I know he's not like the world's most accurate quarterback generally, but that just looked like absolute. Uh, complete timing breakdowns, like just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it looked like weird, um, just especially that missed throw to Phillips early in the end zone where it was just like, I don't know how you missed that. Like, I don't know how you missed it the way he missed it. Um, so, I don't know. I I, I just, I, I got to imagine it's not going to look like that again. Um, you know what? I've got to chalk that up. I mean, everyone's talking about the timing was off it, but... That first throw wasn't timing. That was just that was a bad throw that he overthrew. And then if you really look at even the completed passes, like that little that that eight yarder to oh Matt yeah Sykes. no Sykes had to make a huge dive Sykes, for it basically. He, he had a stretch. He had a waist. Luckily the guy's six four. Um, there were a lot of passes like that that since it was completed, you don't take note of it. Like that was not an accurate pass. I can't chalk that all up. There were so many of them. I can't chalk that up to timing. Now, there have been games that we've seen Dorian Thompson-Robinson where he throws accurately. Um, it'd be really interesting if anyone had gone back to say, how does how does DTR do a game after he's inaccurate? Yeah, in I mean, I'm not like a mechanics expert, but it's got to be inconsistent mechanics at some level, like your feet set wrong or something. You know, everyone's poo-pooing that amped up thing, but 
people don't get how you know these first well, so I think people have brains a, and emotions and that plays a lot into it and these are children these are kids playing this game yeah but like so that explains it a little bit to me like that was what I initially went to but like watching it again it's just it was odd how inaccurate he was like just <laughs> just the placement of every ball was just off and yeah I mean some of it may be amped up some of it timing some of it mechanics whatever I guess my point is um, that was one of the most inaccurate games I've ever seen from him. I don't anticipate that being like the rule going forward. I don't think he's the most accurate quarterback in the world. I also don't think he is what he showed against Hawaii. Um, I think there's a comfortable middle ground that he can achieve against LSU um, that is almost defensive independent because frankly, he had a terrible game against Hawaii throwing the ball. Uh, Hawaii wasn't pressuring him at all. Like they, they yeah. there was nothing that, that was blocking dummies. He was going against. It was just him. Um, and I don't think LSU even being a stronger decent defense is going to affect that that much. Um, I think it's just a simple matter of him, you know, uh, settling down, refining his mechanic, whatever it is. Um, but I guess my point is, uh, I would anticipate him playing better because, uh, frankly, that was one of the worst showings from an accuracy standpoint I can remember from him in recent times. Um, so, yes, I agree with you. I think he's going to need to, especially with um, Dulcich and Phillips, um, if LSU opts to stack the box, because they might also decide, well, this offense tries to be balanced. We can beat them mano a mano. Let's go two high safeties and make it really hard for Dorian to, you know, make throws downfield. Um, you know, you could see they could go one of two ways because they could go the arrogant LSU way, too, um, which is yeah. that they think they can you know, just knuckle up and man up on the lines um, and play UCLA more or less straight up. Judging by the quotes from Durante Jones, there might be a little Jeff Ulbrich in him. Like, maybe a little bit. A little bit of no gimmicks. Um, And if that's the case, I mean, we could see them try to play straight up and then that plays into UCLA's hands and allows them to stay ahead of the chain. So it'll be... This is going to be one of those things where, yeah, if you're a logical defensive coordinator who's pretty good at your job, you might just say, okay, we're going to take away the run and just see what happens. Um, but we just don't know. We don't know what kind of coordinator Jones is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so that's, that's what's so interesting about this. There's, there's more uncertainty around this game than like for season openers, two new coordinators is just a huge amount of unknown (laughs) right there. Then an LSU team coming off that bad season. And then you throw in, you throw in the uncertainty around UCLA's defense, and then on top of it, you throw in the uncertainty about Dorian Thompson Robinson. It's, I mean, if anyone is saying they know how this game's gonna, I mean, I know you made a prediction based on some stuff, and I, I, like I mean, what I, I know how this game is gonna go, Tracy. You know, yeah. you know. Okay, okay. Then why are we even playing? This? I don't know. I honestly don't. I've asked myself that several times because I, so I, I know it. So in your season prediction. Mm-hmm. You didn't have them beating LSU, right? I don't remember the season prediction. <laughs> I, have, I have no recollection of the event in question. So what changed? Um, well, gosh, Tracy, the days just got brighter. Um, uh, there was a, uh, 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 you know, there was just a song in my heart. Um, well, I, I would say um, I, what I was saying before the season about um, – uh, essentially the Hawaii game, was that it wouldn't take much watching that game for me to tip a lot of my 
essentially coin flip games into the UCLA win column. Um, and Hawaii checked some of those boxes for me. Um, the run game looks even better than I thought it would. Um, and yeah, okay, Hawaii might be blocking dummies. They might be really bad. I, I In fact, I kind of think they are. Um, I think Todd Graham made all the wrong moves in the offseason and took a average to a below average team to a bad team. Uh, but maybe they turn out to be decent. I, it's hard to know off of one game. But regardless, just the talent that they have with like Zach Charbonnet, the way Mitchell Agude looked, um, like he's, I don't think he's getting quite enough shine for how he looked in that game because he didn't produce like three sacks. He was so close to three sacks, um, and he was just beating that tackle like a drum all game, um, or you know the whatever twenty minutes he actually played. Um, yeah. But it's just, I, I think there's some real talent there. I think there's been some developed talent that I wasn't necessarily anticipating being, you know, because you guys were writing about Charbonnet, and obviously I saw him a little bit at Michigan, but I was not anticipating him looking like that, like doing that in his So you didn't believe me when I said he was a pro? No, I, I believed you, but okay. there's a difference between hearing, oh, yeah, that guy's a pro, because, I mean, Britton Brown might be a pro, but Zach Charbonnet is like a different level. Like, he's a, oh, he's a real dude. Um, well, he's like a he, clear pro. He's yeah. a clear starting running back in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and so it's just uh, seeing some of those things and you're just going down the list and you're just checking those off. And to put up that kind of performance where, again, Dorian played uh, one of his worst games in recent times. Um, and the defense, uh, the starting defense was done after what? Eight minutes into the second quarter? Seven minutes into the second quarter, I think, yeah. more or less? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, yeah, there's still some things to be decided. I want to see what the inside linebackers do when they're having to play on their heels a little bit against a team that actually has some talent. I want to see what the secondary looks like against a team that can actually threaten them downfield. Um, but it, it it did enough for me that I was you know suddenly willing to move a lot of the things that I thought were iffy into the you know yeah UCLA should win that and LSU was one of those. Um, so. LSU, ASU, Utah, um, all of these like moved a tick to the right for me um, on the uh, spectrum of loss to win. Maybe even two ticks to the right. Um, so we'll see uh, whether that ends up being accurate. But yeah, I mean, it was it was largely the Hawaii game, largely uh, you know kind of the what we saw not only uh, you know score wise, dominance wise, but just individually from some of these guys and their talent. So, so you know how everyone says, you know, it's one g- game at a time. And then when we start talking like too far down the line, people say on the forum, hey, just take one game at a time. Y- you know, we don't play the game, so we can talk way down the line. So let's just say Zach Charbonnet has a good year. He's going pro after this year. Yeah, right? he'll be – he's uh, – so unless he gets hurt, guys, uh, enjoy him this year because he will no longer be wearing a UCLA jersey after this season. Yeah, I would say, you know, most of the time when you talk or I talk to people who talk to NFL guys, they say, you know, we need more film. We need film on guys. To me, that's for guys they're not sure about. If he keeps running, like he might have a couple of not greatly productive games. But if he kind of looks like this guy that we saw and everyone thinks he is, they don't need that. They don't need that much tape. I mean, he's going to go pro. Well, actually, he looks like several like LSU running backs from I don't know the last decade. Like, yeah, guy that big running that fast. Yeah, that's not that's not normal. So UCLA's next starting tailback 
let's say they have a good season. Let's say they look pretty good. Uh, starting tailback next year is is probably some transfer out there. Probably, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that probably makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's uh, that's that's uh, that's for down the road. But yeah, I mean, if you if you just I don't know. That was kind of my takeaway from that game is that just like a lot of the things that I was like Carl Jones. Okay. We've loved Carl Jones for a long time, right? He's our guy. He's our guy. But he added 10 pounds and suddenly like, Ooh, like it's not, he's not getting pushed out of any plays and he's being a devastator on like most of the snaps he's in. He's the Jaime Jaquez of the football team. Yeah. And it's just like, and then, then you've got Bo Calvert, who I was very skeptical would look even halfway decent at that rush end position, and he looked okay. I mean, uh, not he I, looked I, okay, but I, I'd still like you said you'd still like Carl Jones to get yeah, more no, snaps. Uh, but Carl Jones is a bad dude. Like you, you got to get him on the field and have him on the field as long as he can possibly stay on the field. But if you've got to play Bo Calvert for like I don't know, whatever he's got, you know, evidence on you for some ill deed or whatever. He wasn't bad at that position. Like yeah. th- that was a lot better than having him line up at Mike, where he didn't look comfortable ever. Um, so why did it take so long? We knew that. We saw it. Why would that? I, I'm assuming it was the aforementioned evidence of illicit activities. Um, but huh? Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, okay, th- that's the only explanation I can offer. Um, but yeah there, there, yeah, there were just a lot of pieces like that. Um, Ale Caho, 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 Caho. Um, in kind of a backup role, looked good. Uh, Kane Madrano has clearly improved. Um, anyway, I mean, it was just... It, One looking... curiosity was Jordan Jenmarkeith, though. Yeah, what happened there? I don't, I don't know. I went back and watched. Played, a, you know, a, a few series in the first quarter, got into a couple of more series throughout the game, but mostly didn't play. I mean, Kane Madrano played... I would love to see the snap count, but I bet he played more. Yeah, well, um, it didn't look like to me. I mean, I, I obviously I'm not a coach, and I didn't have the all twenty two here, but it didn't look like Jen Markeith screwed something up very badly. Like I, I was, no, I didn't see yeah. anything like that. No, um, that was a real curiosity to me because even though you want to, I mean, they pulled most of the defensive starters and after like the first series of the second half. Right. Yeah. He was already get, getting less time before that. And it could have been something simple, like maybe he was cramping up and they were just trying to, you know, deal with him because it was, you know. But you would want outside. him to get out there and get some get some field time to get comfortable. Yeah. You know, as your middle linebacker, a position he's never played. So, right. yeah, that was a that's coming away from Hawaii. Seriously, we're talking about all these uncertainties that was a huge that was the biggest mystery to me and if we're talking about it's such a priority that middle line usually gets better play out of its middle linebacker that was supposed to be the guy with the answer so that's a, if we're talking about lsu having question marks at linebacker i think ucla does too because that that was really strange to me but again um at the same point i made preseason if it's kane madrano if it's uh jordan jen mark heath if it's Ali Caho, if it's, uh, I don't know, Shea Bryant Struther stepping into You're middle linebacker. You're going to say they're better. That's that still going to be an improvement over last That doesn't season. mean they're good, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, and then the other uh, thing on, for me on offense, besides uh, Zach Charbonnet clearly being an absolute super stud, was Antonio Maffi. 
um, doing uh, so surprising. Um, he got the start. I mean, it did end up being about split reps, but I would say they're talking about it as split, pure split reps. He, I think he played quite a bit more than Duke Clemens, at least from what I was seeing. Um, regardless, he looked really good. Um, well, let's go back and, and just kind of review what you and I were saying. First, we liked him as a nose tackle because he had great feet. He moved well. And then when he s- switched to offensive line and I saw him, I, I don't even know a year at this point because everything is such a blur, but I saw him take a few reps in one-on-ones and went, oh, oh my, oh my, he's, he's going to be really good. And then we, it's just a matter of him learning the position, getting it down before he's really going to be, you know, a force and get significant snaps. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing. What you'd really like since he's late to the game at the offensive line, again, I'm looking way forward that he returns for his super senior year next year. You would think he'd want to and need to. Yeah, and if he does that, I mean, I think he's got potential to be um, an NFL guy um, yeah. with just his ability to move already. Um, improved in pass protection, but the dominance in the run game was something to see. Um, yeah. So anyway, a, a lot of guys, um, you know, it was it was kind of what you it, what you really would have wanted to see is that a lot of the guys who needed to improve did, um, and even with Dorian again playing a subpar game, it was a laugher after a quarter. Um, so what are, what are the odds that Luke Akers gets a punt blocked in this in game? this game? Um, yeah, like um, give me odds. I'm, no, I'm going to set an over under. Okay, over under oh, wow. on punts blocked is one and a half. Wow, dude, that looked that looked okay. Slower. I'll go. That I'll looked go slower under. than last year. I'll go under. Can we bet? I'll go under because I think he's going to get one block. No, I'm not going to bet. Why can't we bet? I don't want to bet. You're setting an over under, and you're talking to a gambler, and you okay? Let's just bet something fun. Let's bet some. Well, I don't want to bet the over on that. Now, could they get two punts blocked? Yeah, absolutely. How often does that happen? Almost never. Yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Okay, do you think how many? Okay, throw the over. Throw out. Do you think he gets a punt blocked? Yes, absolutely. Okay, because this is a real team. Uh, Hawaii wasn't, and his punts, his punt action. I want to say has gotten slower, or maybe he takes he takes a little extra hitch in the giddy up. Yeah, There's one little extra, but, but when he starts to go, he takes a, an extra step. It's really, really rough. Because the thing is, his leg's good, the whole thing's good, but um, I, I'm, I'm surprised that hasn't been That fixed. has gone this long, because it was a problem last year, and now we're here. So they saw him all of spring and all of fall camp. In one meeting, you would think someone, do you think that's taking him a little long to get that off? You know, it just doesn't visually compute. Like you watch it, and you're just like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Like you think yeah. something bad's going to happen because it's taking so long. Yeah. Like Hawaii yeah. wasn't threatening those punts at all, but even still, you were just like, "Ooh, ooh, no, no, no! Too much time! Too much time!" Then, then he's right up because of that extra step. He's right up against the wall too. Yeah, no, he's gonna kick it. Punts. He's gonna kick it into somebody's butt at some point. Well, all you need to do is rush and push the wall a little. Yeah, that was a. Uh, 
that's I, I'm sure LSU caught that on film, so they're going to be. Um, if not, they've been listening to us about it. Exactly. And of course, what the media does, we give such an edge. We do, we do with with, with our ability wow. to observe, uh, wow. you know, and, and really analyze real time what's going on in a practice. Uh, we can really give teams an edge. Joe Brady just called me. Yeah, I so bet I'm he did. I bet yeah, he did. No, no, no. They, they get this from our publicly available practice reports, Tracy. Yes. <laughs> Don't say too much because there's a lot of people in the forum that get really angry when I talk about media access at practices. But it's and just, I understand. It's it just, gets old. You don't want to hear about all that complaining. No, I get it's it. It's just so stupid. It's just it's so stupid. dumb. It's just really, really dumb. It's self-defeating. It doesn't help that program in any real way all it helps is control freaks behave like control freaks and you know what the, the point that people make that he's not unusual chip it, kelly is not unusual is a valid one it's but that doesn't make it right i mean there are plenty of coaches that are just like him that they come down on the side of you know what i didn't even want i didn't want to take the time to think about whether this makes sense or not just i don't want i, I don't want them to see any of this so no none that's what they say, and because they literally don't want to. I mean, let's think about it. Time me, Dave. Um, wait, if we let the media take a picture of a guy in punt coverage, you know, really, that's not going to give any opponents any advantage at all. How long was that? Twelve seconds. Yep. Okay. They don't. They're not willing to take the twelve seconds to think about it. And Chip Kelly is not unusual. A lot of coaches are are like that too. Um, so, yeah, but that doesn't mean, like I said, it makes rational sense just because everyone's that way. Okay. Just let's – okay, let's not talk about it anymore. I don't, I don't the, want the, – the, the, the dumb I thing. don't want at me's. Well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go a little bit more because yeah. here's, the, here's the dumbest part, Tracy, is that they allow 20 minutes, right? But because they've been so restrictive, I don't know if they've not put a policy in place, but like – what we reported about Colson Gankoff taking some snaps at quarterback, like okay, under, so wait Got under some... previous staffs, right? Yeah. yeah, they let us watch all of practice, but they've put a few guidelines in place, right? Don't yeah. talk about stuff that could be part of a game plan. Yeah. Don't talk about stuff that's part of a formation. What the hell? Like, well, we hey, I made sure Mike and I talked about it, and I said, hey, Mike. Just, you know, out of good faith, um, ask UCLA. And they said, if it's within those 20 minutes, you want to write about it. You know what? They, they upheld their policy. So this is what I think. I think Chip's playing some games. He's wanted leaked out that a fast former quarterback who's now a wide receiver might take some snaps. And I swear, Colson Yankoff is going to be a decoy. Somehow, he's going to be... When he's out on the field and he's, I don't know, somewhere where he looks like he can walk up and take some snaps, LSU's going to go, watch out for that guy, and he's going to be a decoy. I, 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 don't know. I don't know if there's any strategy to it or if uh, they were just like, yeah, you can report on anything in the first 20 minutes. Regardless, um, it's stupid. Just uh, show some faith, get some, get some trust in return. That's, that's, it's a symbiotic relationship. We're, we're, but uh, but I just want to repeat, most, I'd say, not most, but uh, most means over 50%. I would say 
probably right around 50% of the coaches are similar to Chip Kelly in how much practice access they allow. Just Let's not talk about these... SC that you're allowed to watch the entire practice. Yeah, but... I mean, just because all of these guys are pathological doesn't mean that it's good. Okay, let's stop talking about this. This pisses off everyone to talk I, about. This. I, I, I don't know why. why. I keep, that's why I keep talking. About I know, this. but they're going to blame me. So why? yeah, um, because they blame me. That's yeah, what I get they it. Do. Uh, so yeah, so that's the LSU game. Um, should be exciting. Should be fun. Um, Five thirty on Big Fox. Who's not excited about that? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, uh, you know what's interesting? You're kind of scoffing in the background, and it's funny. Because I think even when I am actually excited for something, the tone of my voice is such that uh, I sound like I'm not. Like I sound like I'm I'm slightly mocking the whole thing. So you go opposite on yourself. Yeah, but it is really exciting. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think I'll be like, uh, you know, little butterflies in my tummy before kickoff. You know, all your – and this is like uh, people will say, come on, Tracy, you know, have – have a little bit more backbone here, but all you really, what would be great is that this is a competitive game. That's all you'd like. Seriously. We are so desperate after so many years, six seasons without a winning, without a winning year, just being able to be competitive against the number 16 ranked SEC team, that it's a competitive game that UCLA can play with these guys. I think I'd walk away satisfied with that. I know that's we don't talk about moral victories, but yeah, damn, I wouldn't be because um, I'm. Uh, I've I've talked enough crap now um, that you talked I think a lot I, of crap. I think I need a double digit UCLA win, so they're going to have to provide there. So are you going to go out and hang out with all the LSU fans in Pasadena after the game? No. Oh, okay. No, I've seen enough of the LSU fans and faithful um, in my time in the South. So I'm good. I'm all set. A friend of mine once told me that uh, went to a a Florida game at LSU in Baton Rouge. And they literally, (laughs) in the uh, uh, tailgating, you know, they got those big mobile barbecues and stuff. You know, so many teams in the South, the tailgaters have those things. And on a spit, they're playing. They're playing Florida. What do you think was on a spit? Uh, an alligator. A real alligator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever eaten uh, alligator? No. Have you? I have. It's fine. Okay. Really? Yeah. It's just- so I do you think that I don't know if they were eating it, or mm. if they were just doing you know just barbecuing that sucker just. You I'm know, sure they for- ate it. Okay. Yeah, no, gators. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's fine. It's like, it's sort of like, um, I don't know. That's right. You lived in the south. Oh, oh my god, south. I actually had it at like I think the Grove. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, yeah, no, and no. it was uh, it at was, the Grove. Yeah, it was like a, what, where it's like, like Wolfgang Pucks, Spagos, like a, what? Like a chewier chicken. That's that's how. That's what they it. say about everything. What's octopus taste like? A chewier chicken. Yeah, yeah, octopus is rubbery. You know, that's yeah. that's just not very good. I've never, I've always been compelled to order octopus and I've never come away satisfied with it. Ever. No, I, I, I think it's something people like as like a novelty, but it's not, it's just not very good. It doesn't, it's no, kind of bland, not. honestly. It is very, it is, it is like, I swear if they would have switched out rubber and served it to me, you wouldn't be able to know the difference. Yeah, it's, it's roughly the same thing, same texture. They just put, they just have a little rubber mold that has little suckers on it. So it looks like octopus. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, you could serve me that. I'd probably eat okay, it. guys. So we're getting place. hyped because this is going to be a great game. It truly is. Tomorrow, it's going to. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I, I think they're handing out so many free tickets. I think they're going to get to like sixty-five thousand. It is so funny that you stick with uh, when this is being published as the date. Like it is so funny that you've just got it set in your head. You're like tomorrow. That's the game. It's fun to me. It's like I don't know. It's kind of like our own little personal twilight zone. It's or time so. Travel. It's so. It's it's so delightful. We both love this. time travel movies and yes. stuff. So it's kind of our time. It's travel. your opportunity have- to time travel, and I'm excited no, it's for my it. My little time travel yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, uh, the UCLA uh, football game, which is taking place in approximately uh, 36 hours, because we're recording this at 5.30 in the morning, apparently, uh, is going to be great. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully some of you show up for it so it doesn't look like an absolute just joke on national television. What do you, th- what do you think is the, uh, what are you calling attendance? Uh, 55, 60? Yeah, I'll, it'll I'm look gonna good go, enough. Like it'll I'm look going fun. like I'm going like sixty-two. Yeah, and I mean fifteen, a, a good quarter to a third of it is going to be LSU, but that's fine. And they're going to keep that. I don't know. Actually, they're going to keep that big UCLA banner up in the end zone. It looks pretty cool. I mean, it's better than um, you know empty seats. It's better than if, empty seats. If you're going to potentially, uh, I mean, right now with the seating without the banner, I think it's eighty something. Right, because they took away a bunch of seats. Yeah, but they're not filling eighty. Have you seen the price? Right, so they're, they're not. still that's charging. They're charging like over a hundred bucks per seat for this game. That's what I'm saying, though. If it's eighty something, you put that banner up. What's the capacity then? Um, I mean, that was a good probably, twenty thousand. Yeah, and that's like that's some good bleacher seating too, isn't it? They can really pack them in right there. Yeah. Um, you're probably looking I mean, at what sixty low seventies? No, it's not sixty. Okay. I would say it's probably low 70s now because it was what 82, 83? Yeah. Yeah, let's say that's, yeah, it's like 82, I think. Yeah, I so mean, I think they like, get to 60. The capacity think, has changed so much lately. Yeah, I think they get to 60, and I think you'll see the corners a little bit empty, but enough that uh, the TV cameras can get a good view of a semi full Rose Bowl. Got it. But yeah, it'll be fun. All right, you got anything else, Tracy? No, I'm spent. All right, we're, we're spent. We're, the juices are out of our bodies. All right. For Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Bruin Report Online. Um, This is the broadcast, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Hey, everyone. Be safe out there on Saturday with a lot of uh, drinking going on and some of those drinking Cajuns.